Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. With a roundtable. It's uh, a shorter version tonight with Ernie Eves, a former premier and finance minister, and Peggy Nash, visiting prof at Ryerson University. By the way, a former Canadian labor official and former NDP MP for Park Delhi Park. As a labor official, let me ask you, Peggy, uh, Jerry Diaz and his boycott campaign against General Motors. Is that worthwhile? I mean, it looks like, you know, the consensus is the ship has sailed. They're not coming back. Uh, They're trying to help the people to get jobs in other sectors. uh, And according to their vice president, who uh, has been on the show a number of times, they're making progress in that regard. So what's the point or purpose to what Jerry Dyes is doing at this point? Mm -hmm. Well, I guess, you know, many boycotts are not too effective. Some boycotts are. I have no idea how many... GM vehicles from Mexico are potentially bought by Canadians who might consider boycotting. Uh, I guess they're trying everything they can. Um, Obviously, their main concern is not to reduce GM's footprint in Canada, because if GM Oshawa goes, it's not just that plant, it's all the feeder plants, all the support services. I understand it's about 23,000 people affected in total. But uh, the concern is that the remaining engine plant and the Ingersoll um, uh, vehicle that GM makes and mm-hmm. the name of uh, the, um, oh my God, the, uh, the name of the vehicle there escapes me. But um, the concern is that that will be vulnerable as well. <coughs> Excuse I'm trying me. to remember what the vehicle is in Ingersoll. Oh my goodness. The um, Equinox? Equinox. Thank you. Mm. The Chevy Equinox. So the concern is that there is already other uh, facilities that produce that vehicle and that they may be vulnerable as well. And uh, I guess they're trying every everything they can think of to try to prevent GM leaving because, the rea- you know, they talked about, well, they're going to have, you know, more energy efficient production, more automated vehicles. The reality, this particular production is going to Mexico. So that's why they're targeting Mexico with this boycott. Well, okay. Uh, They're saying also Mexico is building, I don't know, 600,000 vehicles that they export, you know, uh, to America as well as to us. And uh, the guy from GM was explaining to me that about 35,000, that's the actual number that uh, come into Canada. So uh, there's a disparity there. But the footprint thing is an interesting argument that there's more than just a 23 or 2,600 jobs at stake. GM claims they're not reducing the footprint beyond that. Ingersoll is still viable. St. Catharines, a transmission plant, and so on and so forth. But Ernie, how do you assess it? I mean, we've talked about this, it seems like, on more than one occasion where the government, you know, if there's anything they can do, uh, or Doug Ford's pretty much, you know, uh, accepted that. He's resigned himself to the fact that they're leaving Oshawa. They're still going to have this uh, high-tech facility in Markham, and uh, they're hoping to relocate people and giving them, you know, a kind of a golden parachute to softly land. But other than that, Jerry Diaz, is what he's doing have 
any merit or is it worthwhile or is it just shoveling sand against the tide? Well, I guess I understand why Jerry Diaz is doing it. I mean, he's fighting for his members. Uh, it, I think it's important to remember that it isn't just the GM plant here that's closing. There are four plants in the states that are closing. I've been kind of surprised that the U.S. federal government, with the especially with the current incumbent as president, would, wouldn't be going a little bananas at GM about this. Didn't he threaten carrier air, air conditioning company if they were moving somewhere else? So now you have a company, GM, who's closing four plants in the United States of America, arguably probably moving those jobs to Mexico as well, and he sits there in his hands and does nothing. Uh, what what happened with the Canada U.S. Mexico trade agreement? Doesn't it have anything in it that prevents that from happening? Prevents jobs from moving from other parts of North America into in in, in into Mexico? No, no, it Where? doesn't. It doesn't. There's nothing in there to prevent these jobs from moving. And uh, I mean, I'm I'm not privy to either GM's decision or to the union's decision. But it does strike me that politics has to play a role. And it's just the point you're making, Ernie, that they're closing four plants in the U.S. And I don't think they could have got away with that, uh, especially moving production to Mexico without closing a plant in Canada. So I think politics are part of it. Well, uh, yeah, I would agree with that. I, I don't think there's much doubt about that. But what's the point of having a free trade agreement among the three parties, if among the three countries, if you can just move everything to Mexico because it's cheaper to produce. I well, thought that's I thought, what's been happening over the last well, 25 yeah, yeah, years. Yeah, but we just didn't. Then why would we sign on to agreement that doesn't protect Canadian jobs? Why would Mr. Trump, who is very bellicose and outspoken about protecting U.S. jobs, why would he allow this to happen to thousands of his work, tens of thousands Gee, of workers? you think maybe he isn't exactly as advertised? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and then we've got the problem of uh, a lot of the auto manufacturers stateside are complaining about the tariffs placed on Canadian steel and aluminum. Exactly. Let me just uh, pivot another union story. This is interesting because Doug Ford is looking at finding efficiencies in uh, the education system when it comes to uh, the hiring of uh, teachers as well as uh, class sizes for the primary grades and junior kindergarten. Now, the all-day kindergarten model that Dalton McGinty brought in cost of about $1.5 billion. They're even examining that. And he says uh, there's no promise right now. They're in consultations. Uh, Lisa Thompson, who's the education minister, was announcing that earlier today that uh, after this year, one more year of the junior kindergarten, and then we'll see effectively but uh, the question is whether or not the unions would be accepting this. You know, I mean, Ernie, you guys had your fight with the teachers' unions back in the day when you were with Mike Harris. Do you think Doug Ford can successfully, let's say, just speculating now, if they decide, well, the junior kindergarten uh, is not necessary, it's uh, a cost that we can probably curtail, basically rescind everything that Dalton McGinney brought in 10 years ago amidst much debate. Do you think Doug Ford can win that battle? Well, I think he... he perhaps could if it was couched properly, but I go back to the Don Drummond report that McGinty asked for. 2012, and, you're and, right. And he's no flaming conservative, I can tell you that. He actually recommended to the McGinty government, he said, look, it, all day junior kindergarten may be a thing that you we would all like to go to, but until we balance the books, we should be saving that 1.5, hope I'm 
paraphrasing what he said, uh, generally speaking, mm-hmm. we could save that 1.5, or I think it was 1.6 actually, billion dollars a year now and do it when we have the money to do it. But again, we had a government in place for 15 years that didn't have any intention of ever balancing the books in the province of Ontario. They argue that they did one year, I think, which I would suggest was probably convenient bookkeeping, moving numbers from March 31st (laughs) to April 1st or vice versa. Hmm. However, having said that, um, I really think that you have to look at, uh, I don't know how parents would respond to having had this, and now you're trying to take it back. It's always easier not to make that decision in the first place than it is to give something and then try to claw it back or take it back. Also, the, the hiring practices of teachers. You know, I believe there should be, when, you, when you're looking at uh, substitute teachers, that should be done on a merit-based thing, in my opinion. Sure. And, and local principals should have, you know, principals of individual schools should have some latitude to fill those positions with who they think are going to be the most capable people uh, to benefit children. I've often wondered, how do young people that graduate with with a teaching degree nowadays ever get a job? They just go on the end of a a list. Right. Very few of them are fortunate enough to actually get a job unless they have some very specific ability in a specific language. Well, it's all based on seniority, and this has to do with the unions, because the unions, by the way, when you talked about the parents, uh, they may not like the idea that, you know, if they've got a four-year-old waiting to go to junior kindergarten, all of a sudden the Ford government takes that off the table. They'll put up a howl, but more to the point, the teachers' unions, I mean, this... Why are you pointing at me? You're the the most closely affiliated union person in the room right now. i got to find a convenient whipping post here. No, the the point is that the teachers are mandated, well, the unions have mandated that there's got to be a full-time teacher for the junior kindergarten as well as an early childhood educator in there. And, you know, the Ford government is looking at a potential of maybe uh, cutting it back on teacher half day, early childhood educator there for the other half of the day, you know, saving some money, a couple of hundred million here and there, maybe even a billion. To your point, Ernie, 2012, Don Drummond came out with that report for the McGinty uh, win government, and they disregarded it. He said, you know, put a stop on this. We can't afford this right now. So maybe it's something we can't afford, the $1.5 billion annually for junior kindergarten. But the teachers' unions won't allow any flexibility. Should they? Listen, I'm not an expert in uh, in kindergarten, uh, in, in public education, but neither is Don Drummond. And, um, you know, this all sounds good if you just want to balance the books and maybe this is an easy target to go after until it affects you personally. And, you know, I'm sitting here thinking I have two grandkids. One's five, so he is in kindergarten, and the other is three. So she would be directly affected if they change this situation. Uh, As I say, I'm not an expert on this. Is it... Better for them to have full-day kindergarten. I think their parents would feel right now that it is. I know there was a lot of debate at the time because what it did, well, it was was the issue of who's going to be in the classroom, but also it was the issue of kids that were in daycare, older kids in daycare, who really in a way kind of subsidized the younger kids. Right. They were taken out, so it, it created hardship for a lot of the child care centers. So it's a complex situation. I guess from my perspective, quite frankly, John, I want what's best 
for our kids. You know, we're talking a really important age when they first started in school. If being in kindergarten all day long has better outcomes for kids later down the road in school, then I say it's worth the investment. Let's maybe figure out a different way to cut back on finances. Well, if we can have an honest debate about it rather than just listening to spin and uh, one-sided propaganda, but uh, that remains to be seen. We'll come back. I've got other things I wanted to discuss with our roundtable. Ernie Eves and Peggy Nash here on The Oakley Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.